0: everyone to a very special very new show on for the vdl we have got the full count uh i'm going to be your co-host uh mark wampler along with brent lewis
1: how you guys doing
0: (laughs) we're doing just fine doing great on this warm day um we're going to try a little something different on um on the full count, uh, we're going to do some different formats uh, from the two men on show and some things you might be interested in. And we're going to jump right into that in just a moment. But first off, we would like to thank our sponsors again this week, and we've got a sponsor that's come back with us to stay. It's the Sandusky Missile Company from Sandusky, Ohio. For all your short-range, medium-range missile needs, serve star to air sandusky missiles and for this very special first broadcast sandusky has authorized today only their super lightweight portable shoulder launching system very special price which includes two free surface-to-air missiles and if you call us now you'll receive a beautiful leather carrying case absolutely free call now the sandusky missile company and remember long range ballistic missiles by appointment only welcome to the full count everybody hey brent how you doing
1: I'm doing pretty good. I just woke up a few minutes ago. Well, this ought to make for an interesting show. Yeah. <laughs> how's we the, how's the weather nice. down in the Carolinas? Uh, it says only 80, but
0: well, only 80
1: it'll heat up very quickly.
0: I'm sure it will. That's about what we've had today across the big pond. Folks, we're going to start tonight with uh, a new edition. It's going to be called the Team of the Week. Uh, we'll be um, looking at a different team each week and kind of breaking it down, its, uh, it's needs, um, wants, um, whatever we can uh, pull the numbers apart and see. Uh, then the second segment of the show is going to be a trade segment. We're going to go over some trades that's been going on, how they've affected the league, uh, good or bad, how they've affected the teams. And then the final will be a favorite from a couple of broadcasts ago for uh, two men on the mailbag. We've got some questions this evening that we think you're going to enjoy. Brent, what do you think?
1: Uh, sounds like a plan to me.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, the team we're going to start with uh, for the first week of the show is going to be the newest team, uh, the Bayside Bums, uh, which came to us last week, I think. And uh, after several managers, um, we (laughs) hope now we have one that will stay. (laughs) Um, And I think everybody knows the bums are uh, not so great right now as far as the numbers, but we're going to break down a little bit on what they got and what we think uh, Al Desport, uh, who is the manager now, uh, needs to do, needs to work on. Um, what's some of the players they're looking at
1: there? Uh, well, I mean, he's he's got a few solid players. He's got Pablo Sandoval, who's he's multi-positional catcher, first and third. He's hitting well over 300. He's already up to 100, um, 11 home runs, 40 RBIs on a Giants team that's not really known for a lot of power right now. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and, and 23 years old.
0: That's, 23, um, yeah. He's, yeah, that's a, good, um, that's a good building stone, good cornerstone right there.
1: Uh, Casey McGee, he was recently called up by Milwaukee, and he's been surprising, I think, a lot of people, probably both in fantasy and in the majors. He's already right, he's batting right. above 300. Five home runs and just over 100 at-bats. I mean, he's on pace to have similar numbers as Sandoval, assuming he'd have a full season. Right, right. And then the surprise, probably one of the biggest surprises of the year, Luke Scott with his 16 home runs and his power tear.
0: Lately. Luke is having a fine year. He's hitting 297, uh, 580 slugging. So, um, yeah, but the t- it, they are the last place team in the league with home runs, but he's got a selection up and down. There. I think there's something like five with double figures. Uh, with luke scott leading the way um so he's he got a little bit to work with uh but it's still going to be quite a big job in the making uh, as i looked over
1: his team uh the pitching is really really bad yeah i mean he's a lot of it looks like most of his guys are real young guys that were called up that they seem to be or at one time, I think it was Derek Holland was in that catch-22, kind of like Brandon McCarthy was. Exactly, exactly. Where he was in the pen, and normally he's a starter. But even Holland, he's, I mean, a 6'20 ERA. I mean it, Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. A lot of his pitchers, they're young. They've got a lot of potential, but it's just right now they really aren't doing a lot. No, so, no,
0: they're... Um, I mean, Jordan Zimmerman is a good one to build around. Um, he's only 3-3 three and three in 13 starts, but he's in 75 innings, he's 75
1: strikeouts. ERA a little up, but okay, it's Washington. Yeah, I mean, plus um, his, his whip is only 130, so his, I mean, the ERA shouldn't come down a ton, but right. it seems like 452 might be a little bit high for us. That is a little high. That is a little though. high. I mean, his strikeout to walks is, is really
0: good he's only walked 21 batters in 75 innings so uh it's there i just think he needs a little more time like a lot of them and then if you look down even into his minor leagues um call a santana catching yonder Lonzo. he he's got some pieces that if he stays with these guys and this is going to be another one of those two or three years down the road jobs um that the team could come out of it pretty good. Uh, I'm not sure what I would do with the team. What, what would you do? Would you work with him? Um, he's got a full thing of, a full load of uh, draft picks. Uh, he's real
1: guaranteed the number one pick in 10. And assuming that the Nationals do probably what they really need to do, that should be a slam dunk for him getting Steven Strasburg. I mean, exactly, exactly. Who's one of the most highly touted college players. Pictures that we've that they've seen in a long long time Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah i mean it it the first step probably for me would be to move those veteran guys i mean casey blake though tim matsui probably luke scott just to cash in mike cameron he's got 13 home runs He. He could go to a contender that's looking for an extra oomph on the bench. Right, right. So your your suggestion would be to move the the more
0: veterans for even more younger picks, or I mean, younger players or picks.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, really, I'd probably go for players just because it looks like his reserves are either hurt or just it's not very deep. No, I mean, no, he's it, not. It's not at all. I'd probably go for players over picks at this point if I were him. Right, right.
0: That, that would probably be the way to go just to get the team turned in the
1: right direction yeah
0: um, because it's it's for sure floundering uh, but that was the case I mean when he took it so and it looks like I've seen him he's been doing some drops and looking around it seems like I think he's 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 kind of studying what he's going to end up doing with it
1: it looks it looks like he's just Cutting the the dead weight. That yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was looking for. The word, yeah. Wasn't uh, going to contribute at all, and he made the trade to get Looper, McGee, and Olson, which mm-hmm. helped. I mean, that got him depth.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what it needed. Exactly. Um. The um, I was looking here. Uh, Ian Kennedy is still on his roster
1: and that's a guy that came up and had a lot of fanfare. Yeah, he he kind of surprised I think he surprised a lot of people in the baseball world. He nobody expected him to do what he did that year. I think it was what 2 years ago in the minors. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was just tearing it up. They called him up and he did uh, he did okay in the majors. And then I, I think the Yankees screwed up and assumed he would be an All-Star. And I think a lot of people did. I know I've had yeah, him in, in yeah. the BDL, and, and
0: a couple of te- other teams have had him. And you're just kind of waiting. Okay, any time now. Here, here's here's a really good starter, and it just it's never happened.
1: I mean, yeah, it, he was he started so high, and he fell fairly low. But he's building back his stock up in AAA now. I think he's right. He was doing well until his surgery for the. Um, I can't remember if it was a nerve or a blood clot that uh-huh, right, right. sidelined him. But yeah. He's building back up, I think. I don't think he was ever an ace like they were thinking he could be, but I think he could be a solid three or four guy possibly. Exactly. And if you team him with um, with Nefali,
0: um, Zimmerman, I mean, that, that's a fairly good little base to build with,
1: uh, with some young arms. And he's also got um Andrew Brackman who was out all of last year mm-hmm, before mm-hmm. with the Tommy John and last I checked he was doing pretty pretty solid too and both of those are young pitchers on the Yankees. So <laughs> Yeah. Yep. If they can put it together in the majors they're gonna get the wins. <laughs> oh, exactly, yeah. I mean that
0: that's a given. I mean, if you're pitching for them or or Boston, I mean that's uh that's kind of who you want him for, but uh, I think we're still a couple years away from really seeing a big impact. Uh, maybe one or two in one year, but um,
1: he really, he really is going to have to be patient with the team, though. I mean, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna take work, but I mean, it, it can be done. I mean, it's, he's got great pieces to work with. Probably one of the better catching prospects in the game with carlos santana oh exactly last year absolutely yonder who is a top prospect in the reds organization Mm
0: -hmm.
1: matt dominguez i believe he's got a little bit of power in him yeah i mean it it, it's there i mean it's got to come together it's going to take work but the foundation is there yeah yeah that's a solid team what, what i would
0: just not want to see him do is start building it like this and get a little impatient yeah and that's the thing that can happen because everybody wants to compete you want to be i mean you want to have a chance to at least you know win five games every week and you know with his team that's just about impossible
1: and it kind of gets a little you know you want to do that It'll yeah. eat at you eventually. I mean, at first you would feel like, well, I mean, it's okay a long time, but I mean, like you were saying, it, it you, you, there's that drive to you want to win, yeah, you want to win now. Yeah. And it would, it would be sad to see the team get start
0: going in the right direction with the young players, if that happened, and then you start taking it apart. Um, but then again, if you have, I mean, some good, well-placed trades, you know, could know put you in a better spot i saw i think it was this week that they would sent andy sonnenstein down that's one of these pitchers, and um it was just you know kind of like okay what next you know they're already down you know they're and it's you know like beating the old horse <laughs> i mean
1: it's just patience and making smart pickups and but I mean I th- he's definitely got pieces I think he could pull it out exactly a few exactly. years and should be good to go right just a little so everybody can know um,
0: a little bit about Al um, I think you and you and Scotty know quite a bit about him but probably the rest of the league don't um, Al's from Brooklyn New York um, uh, he's he's uh, He's a basketball coach. He has played semi-pro here in Europe, uh, and he's a uh, phys ed teacher at uh, the British International Primary School. Uh, very well-liked. Kids love him here. He has several summer camps that he runs um, for youth, um, preteen, and teen um, camps, and then he has uh, two leagues that he coaches in and takes them basically all over all over sweden playing with them coaching with them when they're playing and uh so he's very active uh in things like that and uh very sports minded uh and he's only been in i think it's been two years now he's been into fantasy and uh, he, he it was just like a drug to him once he got started and i think that's about the way it is with everybody yeah I think. once you once you start this you throw the video games out the window and you say well this is the best video game there is so and that's that's about the way al is and um he, he's very excited to be here he's extremely extremely happy to be here and um i think we're going to see him in the forum a little more once he gets a little more used to it he's kind of trying to catch up on everything uh and if you're a new guy coming into this forum, there's a lot to catch up on.
1: Uh, definitely, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, if you want to move on, we're going to switch gears here. And we're going to go to the second segment, which is the trade segment.
1: Uh, this is pretty much, I uh, probably a lot of you remember, I ran a blog briefly that was the dugout down under. Right, Yeah, remember that, read that. It would, um... It would go through the major league trades, whatever happened in the majors, and I would go through every player, first the players in the deal. If anybody in our league had them, I would say how their value changed, but also I would try and find every single player that could possibly be affected by that trade, either by the player leaving one team or coming in and what positions and whatnot. And Basically, this is just a radio version of that. Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, it was, that's something that I I got lazy with it. I'm not going to lie. I said I'd put it off, and the next thing I know, it was five months later, and it was something I didn't want to have happen that way, and I didn't right, right. it. So I figured this would be a good way to kind of resurrect it. So what have, what have you got for us this
0: week? Um, what's some of the big newsmakers?
1: They. For the first show, let me tell you, baseball gave us plenty of trades to talk about. <laughs> uh, on the 26th, they the Reds acquired Corky Miller from the White Sox for Norris Hopper. Neither right, of those right. players, we we don't have them. I mean, the Ramon Hernandez is the starter. He's always going to be the starter. Yeah, I don't exactly. see him really losing time to Corky Miller, other than maybe being a backup. And I believe the Reds have got another backup anyway, so Corky might be like third string. Okay, okay. So that really would have been a trade more Yeah. I mean White it, Sox favor. It was pretty much a gimme trade it looked like. Right. I think I mean and the White Sox needed a backup outfielder. They've already got Posednik and Dye and Quentin. I don't see those guys losing any time other than like Quentin's hurt right now, but when he comes back, you can just forget it. <laughs> I mean, if he's right, right, yeah, it's over as, half as effective as he was before he went down. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. not going to see Norris Hopper on that top on that lineup. No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. And then probably, and then the next day was the name everybody expected to go, Mark DeRosa.
0: Yeah, that was that's been a big topic in the forum from a few of the uh, cuddies, I
1: think. Yeah, <laughs> I think it, they were a little bit um, not so happy about that. I mean, the, the Cubs traded him. Probably I mean, they trade him away, and then for him to go right to their rival, so they get to see him probably ten times, maybe yeah, possibly kicking their ass. <laughs> but yeah, exactly, exactly. That's um,
0: and what about Chris Perez in that one? Do you think he will?
1: Um, end up doing anything, Cleveland? Um, I mean, I've, he's a solid relief prospect. I think it really all—I mean, a lot of like a lot of blogs have been saying it. It all comes down to the player to be named later. Derosa was right, highly right. sought after. I mean, I'd read reports of the Braves, the Mets, the John, all these teams wanted Derosa because he's so flexible. He can play anywhere. Exactly. Exactly. What will that do for the cards now? Uh, I can. That will affect a bunch of them just because of his versatility. I think. You've Troy Gloss was hurt. I think at one time. I think Johnny ended up dropping him eventually. I think that's right. Yeah, I think so. Did. But I've got probably it, it, it's going to help DeRosa, who the Goats have. I think at least just by the lineup, it's a, probably a better lineup. He's also in the NL. He, let's see what else. Well, now here's
0: um, Let's see. He's got. I think
1: he's eligible for first, second, second third, that, no. outfield.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was. That's what I was looking at. He's. he's I think they basically list him as utility, which you yeah. know, okay, means about everything, and he really does do everything. Um, I know the Cardinals are loaded in the outfield. I mean, they've got people that can't play. They've got got so many, so they're. uh, I don't know if that'll affect um, like a Ludwig or an Keel that much in the outfield. Maybe more so, Skip Schumacher or something.
1: Yeah, Schumacher Uh, probably will get the worst of that. mm -hmm. Maybe Tyler Green, but he was already fighting for position. Uh, for play time to begin with so his he'll probably have a less of a chance but i don't see his value at least for the immediate being that much changed right right pool holes no way in hell no that's not going (laughs) to change that none i mean he's he's the best player in baseball right now oh absolutely yeah there's no question
0: about that (laughs) non-issue yeah 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 don't tell johnny um okay what have we got next on the list here of our decent trades
1: no. we've got uh the next day it was another small one the nationals acquired mike morris from the mariners for ryan langerhans right okay which that's another i mean neither nobody was owned in our league neither of those guys it might affect willie harris maybe right. i wouldn't i don't really think it will i mean because you've already got elijah dukes you've already got Adam Dunn, yeah, Nigel Morgan, which they we'll talk about that trade coming up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't really see Willie Harris or Dunn being affected by this. No, no, no. That's that's pretty well going to stay where it's at. Uh, With on the Mariners side, you've got Ichiro and Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, Griffey may need to sit every now and then, just because he's a fairly fragile player now. But he was going to do that anyway. It was just a matter of who would possibly step in. Right, right. So well, basically Langerhands is... Um, he's depth. I mean, he's yeah, all he exactly. At platoon yeah. depth. Yep, yep, that's, that's, it. Bain, that's he, it. He might lose some time. I don't see how it would be that much, though. After his, his status as a prospect has, seems to kind of have dropped yeah, the past couple yeah. of seasons. but. Then we have another one, which was rumored about for about a week, and it finally happened. Okay. The Nationals acquired Nigel Morgan and left-handed reliever Sean Burnett from the Pirates for Lasting's Millage and Joel Hanrahan. Now, this one, it, it they like I said, they were talking about it for a while. It was just a matter of the details. Burnett and Hanrahan, I think, were last-minute ads. That right, happened. right. Right. And this one could affect a good number of players, a good number of people. I've got it to where Steve Pars, he should see an increase in play time because mm-hmm. he's, mm-hmm. he's on rehab for his broken finger, and he was already in A for slumping and various other issues. <laughs> exactly. Okay, exactly. So he should probably get more time. Andrew McCutcheon, he's been doing just fantastic since he's been promoted. Yeah, yeah, he's he's really took off. He really looks good. So he's he should be fine. Delwin Young, he may lose a little bit of time, but I don't really see how it'd be substantial. Yeah, no, 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 no. If Lessons gets on a tear and he get his head out of his ass, he yeah, <laughs> will he, probably be back to exactly on but, the bench.
0: I mean, if you if you look at the whole list here, um, and, and you're looking at Johnny Damon, Nick Swisher. Uh, you know, and even even Matt Caps, uh a Hanrahan, um, maybe a maybe a seventh inning guy, possibly
1: eighth, but okay, being it being in Pittsburgh maybe. Um He's a he's a nice raw talent. But his yeah, band has yeah. been abysmal this year. I mean it He's still he's even still striking out more than a guy in him.
0: Yeah, it, exactly.
1: It's just yeah. a matter of piecing it together.
0: But, I mean, I mean be, he could actually turn out to be a good setup man for Caps. I could. And, 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 and the Pirates even, are a little bit of a surprise this year. Of course, their players are not very happy, um, as I'm sure you've read. There have already been complaints again this
1: week about the trade. Yeah, Jack internally. And um, it was I believe the other one was Adam LaRoche that was yeah complaining to the press. Yeah, so they're
0: they're not that happy. I mean, when they let Demont go and.
1: Um, but I mean, the really, despite their despite what they're complaining, I mean, the Pirates, I think, are doing what they need to do. It's something they have needed to do for a while. They just didn't have the guts to do it. And I think Neil Huntington is finally doing it. He is shipping off the old guys. He's getting back value. Uh, we saw them do the Nate McCluth deal. They got Morton, Gorkys, Hernandez, and um, Jeff Locke from the right, Braves. Right, right. Right. I mean, and that's what you got to do I mean they've just right now they probably just need to get quantity I mean they need to get quality too but at the same time they need a lot of they mainly just need more players than other farm systems because I don't have it right in front of me but I mean I, from off the top of my head I don't think their farm system was all that spectacular
0: no, no I don't think it was either
1: no, no uh, so they're, I mean they're, they're doing the right things as from my point of view, I mean, they got lessons. Right. He could be an all-star if he can put it together. Yeah, but that's yeah. it's going to be a bigger and bigger if every year. And the longer it goes, exactly. Yeah. That's um, I'm kind of say the same thing about Elijah Dukes. Um,
0: yeah, <laughs> you know, the kid's got everything there is to, to make it good in the major leagues, but it just don't come together, and. And Lastings is about the same way, and and uh, the boat's leaving.
1: I mean, he's young; it's not gone yet, but uh, yeah, you know, he needs to step it up a little bit. And on top of that, the Nationals—they've got a log jam in the outfield. I mean, this trade helped it, but yeah, yeah. still there. So if you're not performing, you will be benched. Yep, plain and yep. simple. And actually, there was a rumor that he is available. They are shopping Elijah Duke, so maybe next. Next time, we might be talking about him on this segment. (laughs) That's very possible. Very possible. We can see him back down in Tampa, maybe. (laughs)
0: Yeah. 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 Uh, I can see that happening. He'll be in Durham. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Mm, Exactly. You can go watch him then. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) How come you're not helping my fantasy team? (laughs)
0: Yeah. Oh.
1: Yeah, I think that's about the biggest part of it, wasn't it? Uh, the, the Pirates, they also did another one. They got rid of uh, Eric Hinsky, which that one, Hensky, Right, yeah, right I've got that on my list. That's right, yeah. He was already a platoon guy, I believe, Yeah. to begin with. He went to the Yankees, and the Pirates got Casey Erickson mm-hmm. and Eric Fryer, which seemed like AAA depth to me Right. at first glance. <laughs> and it was pretty much the Yankees needed somebody for... They've lost Nady to the Tommy John surgery. Yeah, yeah. And you've got Damon and Matsui who can maybe play the outfield if their bodies let them two times a week maybe. Well, that's a, that's a very good point there. Very good point. They've already got Melky Cabrera already there, Nick Swisher, Brett Gardner. I, mean, I, I don't really see how Henske will have a lot of increase in play time. He wasn't owned in our league anyway, but... <laughs> right. You know, I don't, also don't see the reverse. I don't see anybody losing a substantial amount of play time to Hensley being there. No, no, I don't think it will affect.
0: It will affect much at all. So basically, the trades that have been done in the last few days, I would have to say, didn't really affect our league that much.
1: Not a whole lot. The biggest one was the DeRosa trade. Exa- yeah, yeah that
0: was Perez. the that's the big
1: one. And really, for this, I mean, Chris Perez, that's going to be a long term thing. I don't. Immediately, I don't think that's going to change him a lot. He's been not doing that great. And a lot of that trade, again, will come down to player to be named later. Uh Which, if we ever find out who that is at a later show, we'll probably announce that and maybe revisit it. Right, we'll do that. Now, originally, I had drafted Chris Perez a couple of years back.
0: And his minor league numbers were fantastic. I mean, he's got the stuff. And with, with Isringhausen... You know, on his way out at that time in St. Louis, um, I mean, anything you read or, or or saw, it was Perez as the next one in line. This is going to be the new closer, and it just simply didn't develop. Now, whether St. Louis has given him enough time to develop or not is a different story. We'll have to wait and see on that. But,
1: um, it seems kind of like with, I, I don't know, it seemed like they may have rushed him a little bit. Or That's possible, that's possible, that's... Um, and it may not have been a given up on him as much as with Kalil Green having his stress issues, which, real quick, do you, can I get on a soapbox here for a minute? Oh, absolutely. Jump right on that. There. there just seems to be, especially at the start of this season, a whole bunch of D.L. stints. You had Oliver Perez, who was stinking up the place. Oh, my knee hurts, D.L. You had Wong from the Yankees. He did good last year. This year, he's before he got hurt last year. Right. This year, he had I think it was one or two starts. ERA just astronomical. His WHIP was a high ERA. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, uh, well, he's he's on the DL for whatever. Well, that's fine huh? because those at least had a little bit of believability. Here's the kicker. Dontrell Willis for the Tigers. Stress disorder, anxiety disorder is why he Mm -hmm. went on the first month. Yep. And Kalil Green, he's also on there for that reason. Everything I'm hearing, it sounds like he's pretty messed up in the head right now. in his That's that's what I'm reading. I'm reading the same thing, yeah. But Dontrell Willis, I mean, the man even said in one time, I believe, there's nothing really wrong with me. Uh So, what the hell, people? I mean, is anybody checking these DL guys, or what are they doing? That's, um, I have to
0: totally agree with you. Um, I can't recall the player last year. I can't recall the name, but there was a player that went on the DL for, and I quote, chronic tiredness. (laughs) I don't remember the name, but when I read that, um, it, it just it just kind of got to me you know and I'm thinking about all the guys that do the same thing I do every day You know we go out and work w- whether it be whatever construction a truck driver a, a computer analyst whatever it might be you've got work every day and you're stressed and stressed and stressed and here's a, here's people here's a guy that's, that's playing a game making millions He's got stress.
1: I mean, it, it, I don't know. It's my whole argument with the Dontrell Willis one is, I. It just seemed they seem like bullcrap excuses to say he sucks. We can't drop him, so let's just yeah. make something up, put him on the DL just to get him away for 15 days. That's pretty well the way it looks to me. Now, um, I may have a, a total wrong
0: attitude and, and feeling about this. And um, um, okay, what we're discussing right now for the next show, we'll probably I'll probably send out some mailers, and uh, the questions could be asked about that. What does everybody think about it? Um, that's something you can be the, the listeners can be thinking about, and should be a mail or a PM and tell me
1: what you think about this. Um, I personally, I think if it's it's a total cop out. I mean, I, it it really does, especially the Dontrell Willis one. I mean, I. I, I'm not trying to take anything away from Kyle Green. His seems to be legitimate. There was at one point he was so he was to the point where he was ready to quit. I mean, just he was like, "I'm done." Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on with him. And it was Joey Votto, I believe, had another similar situation. Exactly, he did. The, yeah. yeah. The details of that finally came out. He had lost his father last year, and it seemed like it just kind of got him earlier. Well, that that's a entirely different. Yeah.
0: Entirely different issues there. I mean, when something like that happens, um, yeah, you can expect some of this. But um, when, it, when it's just the little things like that, then you see uh, two nights ago, um, Adrian Gonzalez, um, I thought he was out for the year when he slid in the way he did yeah. and uh, with his knee. And he's back in there the next night playing and to me that's the way it is you get cut you get bruised brush it off go again. yeah and um, so that's about where I stand I think both stand about the same way on that but
1: yeah I mean it it just it was just something that was irking me it had been for a long time maybe that can be a new segment Brent Soapbox (laughs) there you go Brent Soapbox sounds good to me I'm,
0: I'm sure you would probably get a few wanting to call in and be on that. Yeah. <laughs> because we, we've got, I think, some real soap boxers in the league that could really stand up and, and let it roll.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's always—I mean, it's getting on the soapbox is one sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we'll. I think we'll get off of this one. Yeah, and. I mean, we've, those are pretty much the big trades, just touch base with each, each one of those. There was a, Scott, a Jeff Baker one for the Cubs. I mean, he was already hurt, and that one's not a big deal. So
0: Okay, yeah. Get to the and game. let's jump over to the next segment, and uh, I think this is the one that everybody liked the best. Um, from a couple of broadcasts ago on Two Men On, this is the mailbag, and we have some questions from a, couple of the BDLers and all the questions are actually um, to both me and Brent except for one and I'm going to go <laughs> ahead and do that one first Brent wanted to answer it but <laughs> and uh, this one comes from John of the Woo uh, what are the advantages and disadvantages of competing in a mostly North American league while in Sweden. Okay, John, there is no advantages of being here and trying to watch baseball. <laughs> but <laughs> having said that, with the way technology is today, um, I can watch watch every game here. We've got uh, North American sports. Uh, there's an ESP in Europe now um, that does Um, A great deal of ball games. Um, I use MLB TV. I subscribe to that every year, and it's fantastic to watch ball games with. Um, So really, and as far as the communications go with with the Internet, with everything, it's instantly done. So you're really not losing a whole lot. The, The biggest thing you lose is being able to go see a live game. That would probably be the biggest thing that would be um the time difference would probably be the other thing uh if i watch um if, if uh, guys there have got a seven o'clock game it's 1 a.m in the morning here mm-hmm. so i have got to change my schedule a little bit if i want to watch a game i'm interested in but then again about three or four days a week um uh you've got one o'clock starts there and i think there's two tonight um that would be seven seven PM here, so that's prime time here. So I'm not missing a lot. It, it's pretty much, like I said, if you, I can't go see it live. I can't go to the, you know, the stadium. But that that would be the big difference. It, that would be the big disadvantage, I say. Okay, now, oh, I think you're looking at the same one I am. I'm not sure, but. Um, We'll let Brent jump on this one first. Uh, what is the one player uh, or personnel decision? Now, and again, this comes from John from the Whoop. Uh, what is the one player, personnel decision, you would like to have the opportunity to redo <laughs> and why?
1: Now, this uh, should get a good answer right there. Uh, most of the league probably already knows this, but it would probably be the trade I did back in 2006, and I believe it was either late March or early April. I didn't have any pitching depth that I thought was adequate, and I liked Tim Wakefield, so I made a trade to acquire him. Okay. gave up Hanley Ramirez. Up. Ooh, I forgot about that one. Hanley for Wakefield straight up. Now, in my defense. <laughs> okay, you better have a good one because it's going to take it. That was the year that Pokey Reese signed with the Marlins, and okay. before he went AWOL, I believe. I think. Okay, okay. At least that's what my conscience has drilled into my head, maybe to dull the pain. But mm-hmm. I believe it was before Pokey Reese went AWOL, and they didn't think Hanley would be the starter. Right, right, but right. There's not a day that I that goes by that I don't say, "What the hell were you thinking, asshole?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pardon language.
0: Well, it seems to me like that I also remember a trade you made in 06.
1: Yeah, there was a, there was a couple of them there that
0: this uh, Adam Dunn happened oh, to come yeah. um, come across the pond for uh, Michael. Lowell.
1: Oh, it was Lowell and Vasquez before Vasquez is doing what he did now. Now, right, right. Uh, that one that one was probably the most obvious at the time. Screw ups. I had a couple of managers even send me messages saying, "What the hell are you doing?" Mm -hmm. That one was a that was another trade I wish didn't happen. (laughs) Well, I think everybody's got those. those. Yeah, I mean, but that's what you learn, you know. I mean, it's
0: and you make a trade and it looks good. I mean, the the numbers look good, and all of a sudden, okay, okay, I'm going to give you mine on this one. Um, since we've heard of your redo Uh, in 206 if you remember uh, Bill he had the clowns Mm -hmm. now Bill had Josh Barfield and Barfield had just went to Cleveland and absolute hype from hell Josh Barfield he had a good season with San Diego the second baseman of the future so I give Shane Victorino and a number one pick for Josh Barfield mm. who is now, and I think he's back in AAA again he's not he has absolutely been worthless and to me that's probably that's the one that sticks out in my mind that was a that was okay it looked pretty good when I made it yeah I mean you're set for the future you got Barfield you're set for 10 years at second base and um yeah, you that know, just that one blowed up in my face. Um, and the only other one that I would really, really say turned out bad, and is still bad today, was I gave Barry Zito and Brian Roberts for Chris Ray in a draft pick, and that was going to shore up all the the closing woes. And two days after I got Chris Ray, it was Tommy John surgery. So that one went completely down the drain, and it's still going down the drain today because he still can't pitch an inning without giving up four runs. So I would have to say that was a bad one, too, for me.
1: And then You
0: just have had terrible luck with closers, it seems. Oh, that's that's horrible. <laughs> I, I don't know what to do. I really don't. I'm afraid to even trade for one now. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm looking for Papelbon to, to blow a fuse any day. And he, I picked up uh, several this year, um, set up men, hoping that they would go into the closer role, or hoping BJ Ryan would would get his stuff back, which he has looked better as of late. But I don't think they're in no hurry to put him back at closing. Yeah. Um, and I could just I envision Chris Ray, BJ Ryan, and Jonathan Papelbon. There you go. You're as competitive as can be.
1: Um, so it, it really
0: hurt me in that area. That's that's probably the weakest link that I have is, is the closers. Okay, we're going to jump to another one. This this should be a fairly cut and dried question, probably pretty simple, pretty quick. This is this comes from Bill from the NorCal Damage. Um, basically, it's, describe your fantasy baseball history. Um, um I'll, I'll do mine real quick. I started in o five with the with the Black Diamond League, and that's pretty well been it. i played in a couple of Yahoo leagues just for the just for the hell of it, but um, that's pretty well the history that i that I have is the Black Diamond League. What about you, Brent? Anything? Uh,
1: I started one year after my first year was in '05. five. Oh, well, that's actually the same year. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah. I started in 05. It was my first experience ever with it. And usually what I do when I get into something new, I dive right in. So I was in eight different leagues.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
1: With, I think, four being points, two being head-to-head, and two being roto. And one of the head-to-head I was the commissioner of. Uh-huh. First year commissioner, just to see what the crap. okay. And I sucked the whole time. <laughs> well, i have to ask, in what way? It, I, it was just, I didn't know what I was doing. I think in one of my first ever drafts, I drafted Coco Crisp in the second round. Okay, uh, uh, Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it was just stuff like that that was, now it's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, to,
0: to add a little bit to that question, I mean, once you look back on those on those years and what's going on now, what you've done now, uh, some of it does look embarrassing. It, yeah, it really does. It does. It does. Oh. It's, um, and you wonder, well, why the hell did I do that? And and now, I mean, it's, it's a little different. It's um, The one I remembered more than any, I think, was the, the draft pick that uh, Scotty had done. Uh, I think everybody in the league went crazy over this. Wasn't uh, Willie Pena? was it? Willie Pena? <laughs> and uh I mean when he drafted him, you know, I just said, oh, what? <laughs> and it, I I mean, I remember it on the boards, I mean there was messages everywhere popping up. <laughs> and um you know, I know Scott's gonna listen to this, so I'm gonna tell you right up front. You you you
1: really messed up there, Bub. <laughs> Uh, and I don't think Craig's ever going to let him forget it, if any of them. I don't think so. It's probably, we'll, we'll probably have a new thread on this one. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. It was... But it, <laughs> My my first year was 05. The next year, I joined the Black Diamond League. I was in a couple more the first year because I told one guy, yeah, I'll do it. Up, but ever, ever yeah. since then, it's BDL all
0: the way. Well, that's the way I am. That's the only thing That's I've got time for. I mean, this, this is such a time-consuming league, which is not a bad thing. I mean, I don't mean that in a bad way. Um, it's a, extremely fun, and I don't I don't want to use enough, Take being in another league to take anything away from it, because when I was in the couple of Yahoo leagues and I'm looking at my roster and doing things in the BDL, You've still got a mindset. You're still thinking, okay, now I don't have that player. Yeah, I do. Always oh, in the other league. And it takes away from a little bit of that, from your concentration.
1: So yeah. I pretty well have let that go. When you have two teams and they've got two entirely different rosters, and the more divided it is, the less you can concentrate on one. And the BDL has gotten to where it's so involved. There's so many great managers in here that are just... You've got to have your eyes on the ball at all times. Oh, absolutely. You cannot, if you blink, you lose. I mean... <laughs> the, the, the old adage, yeah,
0: the old adage, you snooze, you lose, is never more apparent than it is here. Um, it, it's just, that is one advantage. And this is something I was going to mention a minute ago. I think it was on one of John's questions about the time difference. hmm Um... When I'm up in the morning, most of you guys—I'm going to say most—I'm not going to put Brent in that because he's up 24 freaking hours a day. Um, most, when all the ball games are over with, there—that's the time I'm getting up. So if something has happened, generally here, I'll get to know it before anybody else will, and that is a little bit of an advantage sometimes. And it was more prevalent back in, say, 06 and 07. Yeah, it was I was crazy. grabbing some players then that, because of that, basically. You know, yeah. it's 8 o'clock in the morning here. It's 2 a.m. there. Everybody's asleep. Well, okay, well, um, they just called up a certain player. Okay, I'll have him. You know, and nobody else saw him. And But it
1: don't work like that now. And another thing that it probably helped you guys is, it used to be, I believe, the when the waivers ended. Now it's at like 1 a.m. Eastern Standard, but it used to be like three. Yeah, yeah, they, you're right. And yeah. that was just prime time for you guys. You were like right there. Was, yeah, yeah. That, that that was that's what exactly what I mean. And that kind of goes back
0: to John's question on that on the time difference. He had mentioned that, and uh, so yeah, it was a big advantage. Well, I won't say big. It was a, it was a good advantage. Uh, but now I don't think so much because everybody in this league almost knows what's going to happen before it happens. Yeah. Uh, they study so deeply, uh, you don't have to wait till CBS throws up a post or uh, whichever site you're using saying what's going to happen. Um, so I mean, they, it, it, it's tougher now than it was. It really is. Okay, let's go to another one from Bill. How does your fantasy baseball participation slash and or addiction <laughs> affect your regular life, friends, wife, sleep, job, girlfriend? What do you think there, Brent? What's the effect? Uh, well. Now, sleep, I mean, you don't even have to answer that because everybody knows that.
1: I don't sleep anyway, so.
0: I know, so, I mean, let's just throw that out the window.
1: Well, let's see uh, regular life I didn't have a life to begin with friends <laughs> most of my friends are through the league I'm not married my job is baseball related so probably so you're cruising right along then. you just you're this is perfect for
0: you yeah. <laughs> uh, probably with me okay it don't, it don't affect my job I mean that's uh, you know every guy at the school of work it plays fantasy baseball So they don't care if you're sitting there doing your roster in the middle of the day. It doesn't matter. And friends, it's kind of hard to make those in Sweden, so that's really not a a thing. Sleep would be a little thing for me because I really like to get up early some mornings. And actually, here's one thing I do do, especially on the weekends, is I will get up at 3 in the morning on Saturday morning to watch baseball games. And I'll watch them until... I don't know six seven o'clock in the morning and uh, still there's probably some uh equal west coast games going on and then go back to bed and um and sleep out the rest of it so that that's kind of um okay that would affect sleep a little but i, mean, I still get it but that's that's uh, that's about how you have to do it here that is one of the disadvantages um And the other one would be wife, and she actually asks me several times a week, how's team doing? (laughs) And she knows about as much about baseball as, well, she knows what one looks like. (laughs) She does know that. I have shown her real baseball, so she knows that. And she's looked at the league a little bit, but um, she always asks about it. And she never complains. I'll come in, sit here, and she'll watch her Swedish cooking shows. And uh, I'll sit here and watch baseball games, and that's that's perfectly fine. So
1: really, there's no there's no problem with that. It always helps to have a understanding girlfriend or wife. There you go, absolutely. Especially in a league like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which takes so much time.
0: Okay, we've got a couple more questions. Um, and this one, we'll bounce back to John on this one. And this one could be a little tricky because I'm not so sure there's anybody out there, with, maybe, maybe a player or two, that would fit into this category since our deadline has just ended. Well, what John wanted to know was um, every year a handful of free agents or minor league players get a lot of interest after the deadline mm-hmm. has passed. Would you, would you make a prediction of the current free agent or minor leaguers? that could play themselves into the BDL draft. Anybody jumps out in your mind it would be a... No, plenty. Plenty of names do. (laughs) Okay. And I'm assuming you don't want to divulge those names.
1: Uh, They are players that play professional baseball at level. Okay, that's what I figured
0: was coming. (laughs) So um, from uh, the full count and Mark and Brent, John, we're going to pass on this question. (laughs) Uh, yeah, there's there's some good players out there, and uh, I'm sure we both can give out some names that uh, that probably everybody already has, but um, we'll kind of keep those under the hat there.
1: Yeah, it's uh, sorry, <laughs> no hints.
0: <laughs> no hints. No hints. Okay. Okay. Uh, we've got one more question, and this is um, this is back to Mister Bill again and this is a good question this is one of the best ones that we had what draft pick trade or waiver wire addition are you the very most proud of anything jumps up in your mind there Brent
1: well draft pick I would have to say probably Brian McCann just because I'm I'm a Braves fan and McCann well, no I mean that's a, that's a I, mean, I mean McCain is a Cadillac of, of catchers I mean he's And I'm biased with him, so that was probably my favorite draft pick. And probably free agent waiver wire would have to be 2006, Dan Ugla, two times. Right, okay. Because I had him, he was slumping, and then I think I got Brandon Phillips. Mm hmm And Ugla started to heat up again. Nobody had gotten him, so I picked him up again. Okay, okay. And then let him go again. And then let him go again. Well, actually, that was, I kept him, he was part of the trade that got me Ian Kinsler from the club. Right, okay. Well, that's, uh, that's one to be proud of. So that one was kind of threefold almost.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. Well, probably if I have to jump to one, the one thing that that Bill didn't specify in this is, um, is it this year or any time, so I'm kind of going to go a little bit, maybe back and forth a little, probably the trade um, that I'm the most proud of, of any would be getting Adrian Gonzalez for Carlos Delgado. <laughs> that coming from our Mister General back in about 2007, I think. Uh, that's one that would be, if not my number one, most proud of. It's right. It's close. It's a,
1: it's a second, but that's. Um, Scotty, I'm sure is very. He probably will not forget that trade. <laughs> well, I won't
0: either. That's why I mentioned that one. That's. Um, that trade got me a first baseman for the next 10 years It's going to be a 35 plus home run guy but now in defense of that at
1: that time carlos delgado was hitting some home runs yeah i mean i think he was coming off of a season where he had what like high 30s close to 40 yeah exactly exactly and, and i believe you also he also got Derek turnbow who at the time yeah was
0: the yeah turnbow come with him yeah
1: and he was he was solid then so i mean it and Adrian hadn't come into his own like he has now. That was actually the first year he did. And he he was at Petco. I mean, that's a notorious pitcher. That team. was. I heard that from a couple of other managers. But that, that it wasn't a good trade
0: because he plays in Petco and he, uh, you know, he can't hit. But uh, folks, he, he plays 81 games someplace else too. You know, and, and those home runs could come anywhere. So. But anyhow, I think that was that was probably be one of the best trades I ever made. The other would probably be picking up Jake T V. Uh, I've got Jake T V in a first round pick for Austin Kearns and Ryan Frill. Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> I forgot that, about that one. <laughs> that's why I'm saying the Gonzalez for the Elgato. that's that's number one very closely there with the other one. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, and I think that, <coughs> pardon me, that come to Rat Stockings back in 06. <laughs> so that was a, <laughs> a, a, what about a... What about a waiver wire pickup or anything? Anything
1: oriented? Uh, with me and waiver wire, I mean, I usually, I'm trying to think. I haven't really done much with waivers. Probably this year I will say Juan Rivera. Okay, good one. Yeah, this good year one. he has good been just—he's on pace to have a career season. Exactly, Which, exactly. With the way my team is, the Lord knows I need something. <laughs> that one probably comes to mind. I think Jesus Flores was also a waiver pick. Okay, okay. That one I think in the long term might have been better if he hadn't gotten hurt, and maybe in the long term it will be. Cause I, when he went down, he had like a 300 batting average. He was hitting. Getting a fair amount of RBIs, and he was on pace to really come into his own too. And he would have been a really, really nice backup. It would have freed me up to do a couple more moves, but right. some stuff had to be right. postponed with him going on the DL with that shoulder. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um,
0: well, the, the two that I made this year very early in the season, um, and actually I'm I'm a little more than proud of them for the simple fact that it saved my butt uh, brandon inge yeah uh, i was sitting out there nobody nobody took him and um i said okay third base catcher and uh i was in dire straits for a catcher and um i said okay we'll try this guy and um I mean, right now he's batting 275 18 homers 52 rbis and a slugging 520 so you can't argue with that. That's you know okay. This is going to be his only year at catcher. Um, we'll worry about that after this year because I picked up J.R. Towles and I'm going to show Johnny just how good this kid can be. Okay. Um, and the other one was was actually a freak, Jason Bartlett, uh, which is again having a career year. Uh, 362. Seven homers, 36 RBIs, 17 stolen bases, uh, 559 slugging. The only reason I picked him up the first night of the season, um, and I had plans on using Edgar Renteria, a shortstop, Uh, San Francisco didn't play that first night. And I thought, well, hell, I want a full lineup for the first night. So I went out and looked, and there was Bartlett available. Okay, I think he had I'm uh, not positive number eighteen or nineteen steals last year. And I thought, okay, we'll pick him up, put him in, maybe maybe give him me a rogue steal in there or something. So I done that, and I think he got a steal, maybe three hits, because I had all intentions of dropping him the next day. And then he got I said, okay, well we'll hold him another day. We're not hurting yet for nothing, and I played him the second day, and it was just about the same thing. And I said, okay, well another day and another day and finally okay he he started all year except the time he was on DL and um so that was just one of those you walk into you don't expect
1: anything out of it and it turns out like that a lot of times those type of transactions are the ones that are a difference between playoffs and rebuilding sometimes that's yeah exactly exactly and I think I mentioned one time or the time I was on uh tmo
0: about basically stealing one win um from bulldog on sunday by just picking up two junk starters and i think i was down by two or three strikeouts before the day started and i had no pitching so i picked him up he was already beating me i was down anyhow and because of those two junk starters i won that one category extra and I won the division in 07 by a half a game. Mm. So, to me, that, and I think I mentioned this in that show, um, it, I mean, it's things like that. And, uh, I mean, you hear a lot of a lot of uh, ribbing on the forum about, um, shall we say, streaming pitchers. <laughs> <throat> and, uh, I mean, all I can say to that is uh, it's within the rules.
1: Yep, I mean, it's... You want to do it? That's your strategy. That's Go your ahead.
0: strategy. Go for it. Best of luck. Pour it to it. Um, I have no problem with that whatsoever. And just, just to throw a accolade out there, goats is doing it to perfection.
1: I mean, he's he's getting the right guys at the right time. I mean, he, exactly. There were several comments about him getting Bruce Chin. Uh, yeah, oh, I read those. Read those. He's had he's only given up what like three or four runs in the three starts he's had. So I mean it's just <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's um
0: uh, it, it's it's quite amazing what he's done doing that. Uh, I don't think that's that's something that you can sustain over the long haul. I think he knows that. Uh, but he's actually he, he, yeah yeah you can't argue with what he's doing. You, you really can't. I mean it's um. It's, it's it's working for him. Well, I'm looking at the old clock on the wall. It looks like we've uh, we've been on here just about an hour, and uh, oh, no, we don't want to we don't want to overbore these people. So, folks, we're going to say goodbye from the full count, and we hope you've enjoyed the very first show, um, Brent. Um, great starting this with you. Yeah. Uh, look
1: forward to doing it for a long time. It's a great first show, and hopefully they'll listen enough to keep us going. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. send you cards and letters.
0: You know, give us, give us a little support there, and we'll try to keep you some information coming. And um, uh, the last thing I'm going to say is uh, this is the old left-hander, rounding third and heading for home.
1: And this is Brent waving him in. <laughs>
0: Night everyone.
1: See ya.